0: Ronanian. You know, this whole, we're going to stand behind this, the engine's going to fail thing is a bunch of nonsense. Oh,
1: doctor, doctor, give me the, new-
0: the car doctor. Yeah, let it drive a little longer, then you realize the whole car is basically crap. So it won't Wait, really matter. here comes
1: the Mykea.
2: Yeah. What's a Mykea? My Kia!
0: Maybe. And I've got the proof. Hello and welcome. Ron Anani, the car doctor here. So a 2016 Toyota 4Runner. Nice vehicle, right? 72,000 miles on it. Well maintained. As a matter of fact, I know the owner and I know who's been maintaining it since the day she got it because it's the middle of kid. All right. Uh, the Army kid, much worse, you know, the, the the kid with guns. Well, I shouldn't say it like that. No, I shouldn't say it like that. But the kid who's like, you know, I'm going to, she, she was angry. She was like, oh, my God, my truck is starting to, to the." well, I'll tell you the whole story. So she calls me up. You know, the bad part about having kids is they know where to find you when they need you. And the, the good part about having kids is you know that you can take care of them. And I got a phone call. Wednesday night, about 11 o'clock, she was coming home from somewhere, and her truck is shaking. It's doing this, you know, stutter. And I'm, you know, I'm half asleep. I'm, you know, I'm three-quarters of the way to, to, you know, and, you know, the phone rings. Uh And, okay, you know what? Call me in the morning, because I hardly know your name, and, you know, i got to get up at 4 a.m. for the gym. And let's, so she calls me the next morning. And I stopped by the shop, and I ended up, you know, I, ended up, I let her drive the Suburban, let her drive the bus. You know, that's the advantage of, you know, having the old man in the business. And we, we, we started to look at this. So here's this, seven, this 16 forerunner, 72,000 miles on it, and 38 miles an hour, the truck starts to shudder, just like you're driving over a rumble strip. As a matter of fact, we had a call similar to this complaint about four weeks ago, a Toyota Camry, and we discussed, I believe, fluid and the possibility of having a fluid issue. So here's number three, because in recent, in the last five months that I can remember, I had one in the shop, I had one here on air, this is my second one in the shop, that here, here's the deal. Toyota claims, and we fixed the truck, It was, it was bad fluid, the fluid was worn out, there was an issue with the fluid. Toyota claims... That their trans fluid WS series world standard, I believe is what the WS stands for. Um, I think the S means something else sometimes. But they're saying that it's rated for, well, I, I've heard lifetime, I've heard 100,000 miles. Here's a vehicle that's well maintained, well cared for, 72,000 miles, the torque converter comes on, it goes into lockup, and it's having a reaction with the fluid that it's creating a stutter and a shutter, and the whole truck starts to have that low level vibration. Did a fluid exchange, changed all the fluid, put a friction modifier in it, just like there is a, there is a. Eh, it's not an official bulletin, it's sort of one of these things you find under the table in various places, and put a, an anti-shutter agent in there, and the truck's fixed. Now, why is that? Okay, this, this comes back to my original belief system that, you know, at, at X number of miles, if it's wet, change it, all right? And for the longest time, I've always felt on a Toyota, if it's wet, change it, especially if it's a trans fluid, fifty to 60,000 miles, it's got to go. Now, granted, some of this falls on the mechanic, me, because, you know, I've got to, I've got to change it when I don't have time. She, you know, the, the kid's always – and you're thinking in the back of your mind, well, you know, it's okay because – it's a Toyota. They never break. They're bulletproof. They're the best things on the planet. You know, next, next to Hondas, they're the, one of the most unbreakable vehicles around. Eh. All right? It, it just doesn't work that way. So, you know, all kidding around and all family member associationships aside, it still comes back to it's a machine. It still needs service. It still needs basic maintenance. And I'm starting to see a trend where, like GM engineers did in 68, they reverse engineered a few things and they made the Turbo 400 Trans last 100,000 miles. I really think the car companies are starting to figure out they've got to make things last less mileage in order to increase sales because it's all a sales thing. So they're lying to us. They're telling, hey, it'll go forever. You don't have to do anything to it. Oh, by the way, at, at, at 100,000 miles, you've got to change the trans fluid. Well, no, actually, at less, you've got to change the trans fluid and um just 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 a point of conjecture if you're driving a toyota all right late model it takes ws fluid which everything in the last 14 years is a ws fluid type i'm telling you the argument for changing fluid that they tell you you don't have to change just went up in my mind tenfold because i've experienced it a couple of times firsthand now and i'm seeing more and more of it change the trans fluid matter of fact everything change the trans fluid it's just Back to maintenance. Back to square one. Hello and welcome. Ron and Amy, the car doctor here, eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Thanks for sticking around and uh, tuning in and checking us out this weekend. We know you got a lot of choices and a lot of places to go, and while we're at it, let's go. I want to go to Florida. I want to go talk to Alan. It's warmer there. It's warmer there, right, Alan? Uh, not much today, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, lie to me, brother. Tell me it's, you know, Is at least is it in the 60s?
1: Uh, no, I think it's
0: 74. Oh. Ah. All, right. All right, can we go on to the next call, please? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 74. Oh, my God, it's, uh, what is it? It's 37 degrees out and raining here in New Jersey, so, um...
1: You're but, making me, you're making me shake just telling me yeah, that cold? Yeah, Well,
0: yeah, right, yeah. I know, it's, you know, you tell somebody in Florida it's cold, they go, what, it went
1: below, it went below 85?
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: you know. I'll call you back in a couple of minutes, I gotta go put on a sweatshirt.
0: Right, yeah, exactly, I can imagine, so. What's going on? How can I help you today?
1: Well, no, I'm trying to hopefully help you. Cool. Um, on leak detection. Yeah. I put a little car shampoo in some water, and I put it in like a drip, like a ketchup or mustard dispenser with this little nozzle on it. Okay. And you can run, you can direct the water around a body seam.
3: Oh, I like a, this. A
1: trunk seam or a taillight seam, and the the soap being a surfactant. Will allow the water to track through the hole more easily. It,
0: it being a what? Now this is a new word I've never heard. This is, it being a what, Alan?
1: Surfactant.
0: It, it, what does that it, word it mean? It breaks.
1: It breaks down the surface tension. It it makes the molecule, oh. the water molecules, a little bit smaller and slipperier, so it will penetrate. That's right. Uh,
0: that word's right up a, there with didactic. I like I like that surfactant. <laughs> so
1: so then um, so then you can you can put the water on and you can. Then you can inspect for, you know, for the water coming through. Then the next thing you can do is I'll take my shop back and reverse the lines, and you can actually put a little air pressure on the seams in the area where you, you know, suspect the leak.
0: And push it through. And you'll
1: actually get a bubble right inside, you know, to show you right where the leak is. Yeah. Um, one,
0: of the, one of the other things we do, and I, I didn't want to get into that with Winnie because I, I think I, I was thinking it was just going to be over the head of the guy doing it, but we also do it another way. We actually have a CO2 cartridge dispenser, and yeah. we'll lock the CO2 cylinder inside the vehicle, inside the compartment, and, and blow it outward. Yeah, we'll just we'll just we'll just charge the compartment with CO2, and we have a CO2 leak detector, right. and and then a, a chemical spray that you'll just put. A, it's a little foam, and it changes from yellow to pink when you're active with CO2. So, right. but um,
1: my way. My way, Winnie can do it on her own. Right, you know, you know, exactly you know. so. That's
0: what I like about that. I think that's a great she'd idea.
1: A, she'd get her boyfriend to help or whatnot. Yeah. But she'd probably have to drive down here to uh, Sebring. And, uh, and I'll help
0: her. Yeah, Well, you could, except that, you know, I don't know how a New Yorker would put up with, you know, 74-degree weather in January. They would think, you know, the world's broken. Um, I,
1: I think she'd have trouble putting up with me. That'd be more difficult than the temperature. Well,
0: so. you know, if if, if if I came to Florida in this time of year, I'd be thinking it was global warming, and I'd have to prove, you know, that the world's coming to an end in, in nine years. Um, so I don't think I could deal with it. Alan, I appreciate right. the call, brother. Thank you very much, and I really, I really like the idea. I think you're... Uh, I think you're a sharp cat, man. You, uh, you keep them coming, and thanks for tuning in and being part of the Car Doctor family. Let's uh, let's pull over take a pause, Mikey, before we go to Phil in Illinois and uh, get to everybody else on the list. I'm Ron Aining, the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. It's
1: the little lady from Pasadena.
0: He
2: drives that way, but when it comes to fixing cars, Ron has car advice done right.
0: 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. By the way, it's, it's two months to summer. Well, I think it's. Let me think. I'm just. It's two weeks to pitchers and catchers, going to Florida, and that makes it. I think we're about three, two and a half months to spring. That's what I'm thinking about. and' know something was something. that summer. Mikey went. What? Where? Where are we? What? What? What day of the week is it? Um, which means it's almost t-shirt weather. And I keep thinking about those car doctor t-shirts i gotta do i gotta do that this year i just i haven't i haven't had new t- car doctor t-shirts in a while i'll have to do that and uh, i wonder if anybody would want one nah uh, so everybody no i don't want to talk about it phil in illinois phil in illinois how you doing? good sir 10 chrysler town and country what's uh how can i help you sir
4: well i've got a problem it seems with the throttle plate control okay and the Uh, I took it to a mechanic, had them look at it, and they said, yeah, it indicated it was a throttle plate control, so they cleaned it, put it back on, and I could tell the, the van was running a little better, but then over the course of the next, like, four or five weeks, they did it two or three more times. So I took it back to them. They looked again and said, everything looked like the throttle plate control, so we changed it, and then they changed it, and I didn't notice any difference then, but, you know, it ran, and I ran it for three months, well, then it did it the same thing the van would shutter lose power i get the red lightning bowl and the yellow car with the skid marks on it and i'd have to just pull off the road turn it off put it in park, count to five turn it on and start it run fine okay but it's still doing it that's very intermittent i've done now last time i did it was probably the first time in three months all right but it was so i'm not sure what else can be checked. they said you'll know, check the plug just to make sure it was plugged in solid but other than that they say well It keeps pointing back to the throttle plate control.
0: You know, uh, drive-by-wire, it seems that drive-by-wire on different manufacturers, we're going to have a generic conversation here first, Phil. Okay. Drive-by-wire on different manufacturers, even though it's the same principle, they they seem to develop their own set personalities and patterns. If if this was a GM product, and I only mention all this because, you know, sometimes what happens with one does happen with the other, and you've got to look at everything, especially on intermittents. Um, I don't think that's the case with you. I just want to get the info out there. But, yeah, there, there have been a lot of documented cases. GM had a lot of problems with uh, wiring harnesses and pin connectors at the throttle control where they were actually issuing uh, supplemental harnesses and pin kits and, 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 and different connectors and, you know, everything that direction. So is it possible? Sure, it's not impossible. Um, and we're talking about something that, you know, tensile touch or tensile feel of, you know, if you took a – GM actually came out with a kit there where you'd, you'd insert a pin into the connector and does it have the right amount of drag, you know, uh, as, as, you, as you move it in and out, just so you know it's a good, clean contact. So connection there is always important. If he were to or if someone were to, you know, the truck's running normal and, and just – and I don't mean radically, you know, gently manipulate the wiring harness, the connector, wiggle the connector, wiggle the harness, work your way up, follow it back to the firewall. Does any of that, and I'm not suggesting that you've done this, but as a suggestion to do, does any of that change the way the vehicle runs? Obviously, if it does, hey, we've got a, we've got a possibility. But, you know, you've got to keep in mind we're talking about a touch or a change of, connect, of connectivity so sensitive, it's like somebody, you know, blowing on your skin, trying to dry it, but they're not blowing full yeah. force, if you understand what I okay, mean, You know, yeah. just a, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, okay. I, I've also had some issues on certain manufacturers. Um, Honda comes to mind. Where I will use and, and for the life of me the product name escapes me, but I will use a connectivity grease. You know they make products out there that yeah. that, that increase electrical connectivity. Um, it, you know it's a good clean connection, but just sometimes it it just needs a little dab a do, and I've I've had that as a as a solution and that that can work. When he does the okay. throttle body, I would a hope it was something new or remand from Chrysler, not something aftermarket. And it's not that every aftermarket part's a problem, but the truth is I, I question certain things. Can the aftermarket rebuild? Do they have that capability? Or are we just putting another problem back in the vehicle? Uh, you know, whereas I, I firmly believe because of the dollars difference, and we're going to find this going forward on a lot of vehicles, parts manufacturers and repairs in the, in the coming years, it takes a lot of money to repair electronics, or even to make electronics and make it correctly. And I don't know that the aftermarket has the checkbook, like the manufacturer does. Mm-hmm. And uh, you yeah. know, I, I would I would hope that it was an OE part. That being said, all right, um, did they do an idle or throttle body relearn with a scan tool after they replaced it, on the assumption okay. that it's a good one? There is a right. ver- there is a very specific procedure. On a Chrysler, now I'll talk specifics. There is a very specific procedure on a Chrysler that has to be performed after the throttle body has been replaced, and okay. if if you don't, the computer is not smart enough. All right, it it will just think that it sees the same throttle body. So we have to electronically tell it, hey. Yo, we changed that part. Now start to do this. And, right. you know, that's that's always a possibility. Last, okay, there may be an updated PCV valve. I, I, I And I, I'll repeat that because it sounds weird. But a, okay. P, a PCV valve on this generation Chrysler can possibly cause the problem you're having. And Chrysler came out with... A, an updated PCV for it. Um, I don't recall the part number off the top of my head. I can't remember everything, and uh, I'm sorry. Um, but you want to verify, A, does the PCV valve work, and is it the updated number if it's so applicable, and you'll get that information out of the Chrysler dealer. And, okay. then, and then absolutely last, does this have the latest software in it? Okay. It, you know, it's... chrysler a lot of things are fixed on you know certain vehicles we fix more problems with software than we do on others i think um and that changes yearly you know it seems like one year it's toyota one year it's honda right now and i really think this comes down to dollars and how much money they don't want to spend to fix something under extended warranty if they can do it with the touch of a button and software they'll do it that way chrysler's got a lot of flashes out there for a lot of problems and I would check okay. and verify. Does this have the latest, greatest software? Because there are more than a few bulletins in conversation and point of contention with software updates to aid in intermittent throttle body faults. So, okay, you know, that's 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 where yeah. you're going. I know it's it's a, and it's a lot to digest. Listen, that's a lot of information to digest. If if you want to listen yeah. to this again, you know, after this show is off air in about uh, 35 minutes. Um, four o 'clock eastern time today, Saturday, you can or tomorrow you can go back and um you know download the second hour podcast and this is down around the uh, well it's just we 're just about uh, halfway through the first half of the hour so um, okay. you can get the information there again you get to hear me all over again yeah. how exciting um, well, so. I do
4: think they put a new uh general Motors throttle body like you know throttle plate control on it because right. that 's one of the things talked about not using cheaper parts, because they've said more than once they've had problems with things, so right. they always go to OEM. So right. I do think they did that.
0: Right. So, you know, so if he did, you know, kudos to him. Now the question becomes, did he do the relearn? He may have. You know what? I, I, I like where this guy's going. I like where this guy's coming from. It's just... Uh You know, and sometimes, man, sometimes it's just mechanics get gun shy. I see it. There's a stutter and a misstep because they're nervous that they're, you know, they're going to annoy the customer. Sometimes they're afraid to fix the car. I think there's a gun shy uh, factor there. So go back and talk to the guy, have a cup of coffee with him, talk to him about the things I talked about, and maybe you can come to a positive conclusion. I'm Ron Ainey, the car doctor. I'm back right after this. car doctor let's go over to jim in wisconsin 09 nissan maxima hey jim you're on with the car doctor how can i help
2: hi yes sir uh got a question i um uh, my car was diagnosed as having a head gasket leak okay i believe if i remember right it's uh, leaking some coolant okay and uh they they wanted to they took gave me a price on repairing it it was about three thousand yeah, dollars i was
0: gonna say three grand yeah
2: yeah. How, and, how many uh, miles? How many miles are on it, Jim? Uh, 124, I think.
0: Okay. Everyday vehicle, commuter vehicle, or
3: you know.
2: yeah, pretty much. So oh, it's the only vehicle we run now. Right. So we put maybe ten, twelve thousand miles a year on it, but it's in good shape.
3: Okay.
0: So is it? You know, what's the? Is there hesitancy over the price? Is it hesitancy over because of the general condition of the vehicle? Is it? You know, um, I'm trying to get in, I'm trying to get in your head, and you know what's the what's the general feeling, or is it time to replace the car? Is that what you're thinking?
2: Well, you know what I'm wondering is a car that age is probably got a value of maybe six thousand dollars. Right. And so I'm putting fifty percent of the value of the car into it. And, Of course, if you have an accident, they don't <laughs> they right. don't pay any. More yeah, for it.
0: I, no, I, I get that. Um, and, and I understand that perspective. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a quick story. So two weeks ago, we have a regular customer, Gordon. His daughter's 06, just happens to be a Nissan 06 Nissan Frontier, the pickup truck version. Had right. had some catalytic converter issues. As a matter of fact, I, I've talked about this. I've I'm, I still have the video in edit, but I'm going to put a video up on YouTube and get it onto the Facebook page because it's kind of neat to watch. But Uh, One of the cats melted down. And long story short, it needed an exhaust system front to back, complete. Uh, The right side cats were gone, you know, at 160,000 miles. He was like, you know, we might as well do all of it. Now, he he didn't come to this conclusion easily, all right? This was, it took him probably the better part of 10 days to two weeks because I I threw him in the truck out of the shop and I said, make sure you want to do this. It's not going to be cheap. All right, you know, it's, it's, the, the, the cats are seven $800 a piece. There's four of them. Start pricing things out. You're going to be four or five grand without even breathing hard before you even get there. And he came back, looked at everything, and his, his answer to me was, you know, I, I have to spend ten to $12,000 to find another one like this with 80,000 miles on it, and then I'm going to start to go through and do all the things that I've had to do to this one to get it in this kind of shape. So in the end, and there's a there's a point to this. If you bear with me, there, sure. there the the in the end we spent probably close. I think the number was about, was just a shade over ten grand on this truck. So we did exhaust, we rebuilt the front end, we did wheel bearings, we did axles, we did brakes, we went through fluids, we serviced it. You know, left front so for, forwards backwards ten grand. What has he got for that? He's got a 14-year-old, 160,000-mile truck that, mechanically, the the critical components are there. We've gone through. We did the timing chain two years ago because they have timing chain issues where they wear out the guides. You can always tell because it's got that whine to it like a supercharger on a a race car. And, you know, now at this point, as I said to Gordon, as I say to you and everybody else, his, his last week known link, last known week link, I'll correct myself, is the transmission say so if he puts a trans in it let's see that's five grand and um now he's got a new truck sort of kinda all right mechanically i mean mechanically body-wise the, the car's in great shape and what's that truck worth the truck's probably got a retail value at this mileage of six thousand seven thousand dollars he's everybody thinks he's crazy but i i kind of get it because to me sometimes sometimes not every time a car is only worth what it's going to cost you to replace it, right? And you know that's that's part of the uh, of, of the of the thought process too. It's getting harder and harder, in in my mind, sometimes, to justify new cars. My God, they're fifty grand.
2: You know, <laughs> that's you, what I paid for my uh, my house forty years ago. Right.
0: You're going to spend fifty G's on a on a on a new car, and it's 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 in, in two years it's worth thirty in four years it's worth 25 and you know in six years you're looking to replace it again right so you know the 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 question will come back to the original comment right is it worth it to put three grand in this maxima first of all you got to play what if and and if you're a regular listener I suspect you are and I thank you for that you know you got to play the what if game what if the trans went bad would you put a trans in it what if the exhaust system went bad you know, what's, what's, what's common on Maxima's at this stage in age, it would not be uncommon for it to need a catalytic converter or two. And I
2: was thinking of
0: that. Yeah, and, and, and that gets into it. Um, the other thing you've got to think about is, without trying to get personal, you think about how old you are and how much longer are you going to drive. And I'm not saying you sound real old, but you're probably my age group where we've both chewed on the same dirt more than once. And, um, you know, you, you get into your, your your mid-60s and into your 70s, and you start thinking, you know what, I want one more new car. And maybe you do. Life's too short, right? It's right. If you can afford it, you know what? The heck with it. It's only fifty G's. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's, it's well, only. Um, uh, let so, me
2: ask you a question. Yeah. I, I, like I, like you said, I do listen to your show, and you have a you advertise a product. I think it's called k Seal.
0: Yep. And I was coming. Well, I was going to come to that work
2: yeah. in a situation like this?
0: You know, k Seal. And I took the long way around the barn to get here because I didn't want everybody to think, "Ah, eh, Ron's just trying to sell K Seal." I want everybody to look at it from all the angles. But right. the, the the truth is, K Seal is what this situation. Eh, I wouldn't say it was. Yeah, K Seal. This is what this is what K Seal was made for. This exact scenario. All right, you know the car that's quote unquote worth six needs three, and what do you do with it? All right, you've got you've you've got you know somebody that's not driving as much as they used to. It's it's you know a thousand miles a month. That's two fifty a week, and you just need something. You know, will it maintain it? Will it last? Will it make it work? Um, yeah, that's what that's what K is all about. That's exactly what it's all about. Uh, you know, we matter of fact, I'll tell you this story. So my accountant's wife comes into the shop yesterday, Friday, and we had to change the oil. Lorraine's got an 07 Pontiac Grand. M Grand Prix, Grand Am, something, something Pontiac. Uh, the GM 3.1, that same platform as the Malibu, and or 3.5, I'm sorry. And it's got coolant seeps around the heater hoses, the radiator hoses. You know Everything's 14, 15 years old. But they don't go anywhere. The car's got 68,000 miles on it. You know, are we going to start changing all the rubber, all the plastic for the car that, I don't think this car goes 5,000 miles a year. It's not that I physically see anything wrong with any of the hoses. Uh, You know, And uh, yeah, okay, I could say, you know what, they're 15 years old, let's change everything, which is a major undertaking. You know what, how about we put a little case seal in it? We only used half a bottle. We poured half a bottle of case seal in it. Before the car left the shop, within 25 minutes, everything stopped dripping. In my eyes, it's fixed. I explained it to her. I said, Lorraine, I can't tell you it's forever. Chances are it is. For the amount of mileage you go. Uh, you know, using K-Seal is kind of like having a secret superpower. You can use it. You can, you know, it'll, it'll probably save your tail more than a few times, and it'll probably last a good long time. You just can't bank on it forever I, I like anything else because the vehicle is old, and what problem might we be masking in the sense that what created that head gasket leak? Is the cooling system corrosive? Is there, are, is there or are there other issues in your case or in Lorraine's case? But I've got to tell you, I've got a bunch of cars out there just like yours. And I know I'm getting long-winded here, and I appreciate your patience. But <laughs> I, right. I, 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 I've, I've got a bunch of cars out there just like yours. Same scenario, same dollar factors and everything else. Um, they got KCL in them, three, four, five years old. Still going, brother. You know?
2: Now, it's, would you uh, – uh, no, I know nothing about cars, so – would you start out with a uh, half a uh, bottle no. or more? Or no less? we
0: we only used we we only used half a bottle in her simply because it, it wasn't a major coolant leak. It wasn't an intake manifold end seal. Um, and I guess I could have over diluted the system, but uh, you know on her car, my gut told me and sometimes it's just a gut call just half a bottle and sure enough it worked. Um, so try that. You can l- get them out online. I think KSEAL is KSEAL.com, or you can Google it and find it there. And I know you can find uh, KSEAL at O'Reilly Auto, um, o- O'ReillyAuto.com O'Reilly or O'Reilly Auto Parts. So, uh, but, yeah, it's worth a shot, Jim. It's, you know what? It's, it's a $30 experiment versus a $3,000 experiment, and uh, I think it will give you a good results. So do that and give me a call back. Let me know how it works out for you. I appreciate your patience. And uh, I enjoyed talking to you today. Well, I enjoyed you listening, me talking. So, um, only kidding. Take good care. Have a good rest of the weekend. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. A oh, oh. Welcome back. need The Car Doctor. Let's get over and talk to Brian in Massachusetts. Brian, welcome aboard, sir. How can I help?
3: Oh, good afternoon. How are you doing, Ron? Yes, Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, so I, I had a question for you about, uh, vehicle maintenance software. Um, so I'm in the process of opening an internal shop at a municipality. Okay. That uh, it hasn't been done before. So last time we worked on vehicles, there was probably 20, 30 years ago. Right. Kind of starting from scratch. We have a generic work order system in place already, but we don't really have any specific for vehicles. we looked at, looked at the brand, you know, all day Mitchell and, uh, I don't know. Just curious about your advice about what the best way to catalog like, a fleet of vehicles would be, so, starting from the ground up.
0: You know, a lot of this depends on the vehicles. All right, yeah. in this case, so is it one brand or one line of vehicle, or is it multiple lines across multiple years?
3: It's about ninety percent Ford.
0: All right. So, just as important as the service information, what scan tool are you going to have, or you not going to get into well, that to that depth?
3: That's one of the questions, too, because, you know, all data has the total solution. Um, and then there's obviously many different independent scan tool companies out there that will sell you a, a pretty high-end product. Right. So integration is one thought. I mean, or do we have a scan tool and then a separate system that the information gets entered into, or is it a connected system? That's that's kind of the gray area right how, now. How,
0: how long have you been doing this, Brian, if I can ask you that?
3: Well, well I've been so administration side for probably about five years. Okay. Um, so i've been i've been doing this you know not at the mechanic level, but at the admin level
0: so a million years ago or what i like to think of is the dark ages in the 70s and the 80s there was a company called allen test equipment and that just sent a shiver down everybody's spine so they had something called an sea a smart engine analyzer and it was this big giant box that hung from the ceiling you drive by an old garage every once in a while you still see one there and they still work you know they, they're 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 still good product and Um, It was the big box theory. Everybody kind of got looped into the big box idea, and we're going to, you know, uh, spend a lot of money and buy this, and the the machine's going to do the thinking for us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess it worked until the next model year rolled around, and then we had to find out we had to pay program updates and get it updated, and then the problems got more and more complex, and then, you know, 10, 12 years later, that tool was outdated and and out to pasture. Um, Yeah. And, and, and that's sort of the trap I think we could get into. You know, we buy a Snap-on Zeus or whatever the version is. Now it's been $17,000, which is what it is. And, yep. you know, and, and, and it's it's a good tool. I'm not saying it's not. We've got a modus in the shop. I like my modus. But I'm always cautious on depending on just one tool. And in your situation, you've got to kind of count on that one tool. All right?
3: That's my concern. Yeah. Right. It's just kind of so, too centralized. Yeah, I... I would probably
0: buy a Ford IDS. The fact have that. that, yeah. It, so, so you know, and I would probably think that the IDS is where you want to be, because that's your shotgun, that's your ace in the hole, that's your oh hey we've got to flash this, program it, code it, whatever. This is always going to get us out of the hole that we're in. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, then you need an everyday scan tool, you know, because not every guy is going to be able to relate to the IDS. How many how many texts are going to run around this place? Two, three, four.
3: Well, we're starting with one. Okay. So, me and guy so, right now. so yeah, you
0: know, it's so it's 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 you know, and, 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 and here's where maybe that snap on Modus fits in. All right. It doesn't have to be their high end Zeus. You can buy a Modus for like five, six, seven grand. All right. It'll conquer most of it. It's a good everyday, solid everyday tool. And then you think I need I think you need one more. I think you need an OBD two only scan tool. Something quick okay. and down and dirty at the at the front door that, you know, you've got to send one guy out on a road test and the other guy's gotta work on it and um, you know, I, I, so I think that's the scan tool scenario. As far as service information, um, I'll tell you what, let me pull over and take this pause. And when I come back, I'll finish out with you real quick. I'm running in the car, doctor. Don't go away. We're back. Brian, you're still there? Yes, sir. So real quick, because I've got one more to do. Um, what I would take a look at is Identifix. Are you familiar with Identifix. I haven't
3: looked into that one yet.
0: All right. Go look at Identifix. The nice thing about Identifix is, because you're going to start to find pattern failures and commonalities because you're dealing with one brand in a fleet, Mm -hmm. and the the nice thing about Identifix is they also give you access to dealer-level service information. So okay. contained within there, you'll find Ford service information. With, contained within there is GM service information if you get the occasional GM. And I think mm-hmm. they are a good fill in the gap in between. The bad thing is nothing standardized. So Ford service information, you look up Ford's way. GM's, you look up GM's way. You know, uh, Chrysler's, you look up Chrysler's way. All data Mitchell, standardize it. So you look it up yeah. one way, the same way for every car line. All right, um, but it's it's a matter of budget. We at the shop, um, Identifix, Mitchell, All Data, uh, <laughs> I, IATN, Diagnostic.net. I mean, you know, we've got we've got everything. But we're we're mm-hmm. looking at a lot of crazy stuff. The one thing I can tell you is you can't have enough service information in a repair facility. It's absolutely you gotta have it all. And that's what that's what really kind of makes it work. But you know, you're starting out, you're on a budget, so let's start slow. Identifix may be what you need, it'll help fill in the gap. Good luck and let me know. Phil in Vermont, real quick, sir, I got a minute. How can I help?
2: Hi, Ron. I just changed my uh, intake and exhaust camshaft solenoid valves, and while I got it all apart, that part went good, but I noticed the throttle body is real cruddy, and, okay. I, and I don't have any throttle body cleaner. Can I use carburetor cleaner?
0: No, too caustic. It really is. Um, y- you know, it's it's there's rubber seals on the throttle shaft. And if you get any of that on the rubber seals, they say, and I, I you know, I, I don't know this firsthand, but this is the industry's uh, message, is that a carburetor cleaner is too caustic and it'll break the rubber seals down. There's lubricant on the rubber seals, and it'll affect that as well. So you really should, unfortunately, you're going to have to get a can of throttle body cleaner and use that and just be gentle and gingerly. And you may want to think when you get it all back together, disconnect the battery cables and do a, a memory reset so that it'll idle correctly. Appreciate it, Phil. I'm running a car doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See. Yeah.